Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,339. Today on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the 47th annual Forest Grove Concours that takes place on Sunday, July 21st, on the campus of Pacific University in beautiful Forest Grove, Oregon. For more information, go to forestgroveconcours.org. There's only one very good life, and that's the life you know you want and you make it yourself. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Beautiful Portland, Oregon, Rob Waller. Hey, Rob, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am ready to go. Let's do this. All right. Rob Waller is a sales and leasing consultant with Cooney Lexus of Portland in Portland, Oregon. He's been with Lexus of Portland for almost four years now. Prior to April of this year, Rob gained experience as a Lexus technology and delivery specialist, supporting new and existing Lexus owners in understanding how to utilize and operate the various features, technology, and service integration within their Lexus automobiles. Previous to this, Rob operated as a client care specialist within the dealership sales business development center. Originally from the Motor City of Detroit, Michigan, Rob visited Oregon for the first time on a week-long vacation, and you know what? He never went back. He just decided to stay. Cooney Lexus of Portland is also a key sponsor of the Forest Grove Concord, which takes place on July 21st. So, Rob, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment to share a little more about your career and your passion for automobiles before I jump into the questions? Sure, absolutely, Mark. So, yeah, I started in the auto industry back in the mid-90s. I did it very briefly, and I was a uh, customer liaison at a dealership. We had four different car lines, so uh, basically I was an advocate for you know the customers between the dealership and the manufacturers and the service department. Oh, Wanting a change of scenery, ended up in Portland, worked for a major utility company for several years, uh, wasn't having a whole lot of passion about my work, and after that went into architecture, and then after that, back into cars, which is where I started uh, 20 years ago. So it's kind of fun to come back full circle. Yeah, I think so. Very interesting career path. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because cars have become so complex nowadays that having somebody there that can help a new owner with their car and go through all the technology that cars have nowadays, I mean, it's a bit overwhelming. The cars that are in our garage are about 15 years old. And when I go into the dealership and I look at the new stuff, and now when I go into, for instance, our last cars have been BMWs, I go into the dealership and they have these genius people, they call them, that come in and talk to you about all the technology. And it's like, holy cow, these things have changed a lot. So we definitely are in need of folks like you, uh, for sure, to help us with our new cars and something as sophisticated as a Lexus and all the the gadgets and things they have in those. Oh my gosh, there's a lot to deal with. So we're going to learn a little bit more about you as we go through the questions. But first, I want to ask you for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah. So Rob, sit down and take the wheel. Absolutely. So um, one of my favorite quotes is actually from a woman. She, believe it or not, was actually a fashion editor in New York for some major magazines many, many years ago. 
Her name was Deanna Reeland. But one of my favorite sayings from her was, there's only one very good life, and that's the life you know you want and you make it yourself. And uh, that's just really powerful to me because just a matter of reinventing yourself and, and listening to your heart and following your passion in life. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And it's the path you've taken when you talked about your career path. You started in cars, went into utilities, became an architect, but then you came back to where your passion was. And I think so many people, they get into a career and they feel like they can't get out or they shouldn't get out. I just had a guest on my show recently where she was working commercial real estate as a broker, but she really wanted to get into law. And about 12 years into her career, she went back to law school and she had two little kids married, a mortgage, all this stuff. And it's like, take some guts to do that. But I love that concept. And that's what you've done with your career path. What would be a word of wisdom you could share with those listeners out there that might feel like they're kind of stuck because they've got all these, you know, life and debt and kids and all this stuff, and they can't take that chance. How would you advise them to go ahead and reinvent yourself and do something you really like? You know, it really is, as, as we already know, it really is a leap of faith having that courage, having support of the people around you. But it's so many things. And also, you know, just believing in yourself and also being okay with the idea that you're going to try something. It, it might not be the end all, but you're going to give it a stab because if you don't try it, you won't know. You know, and I, and I feel for me, there's nothing worse than wondering what if, you know, what if I would have done this? What would have happened? Um, yeah. And you just sometimes have to pull the trigger because you won't know otherwise. You know, that's a really important thing you just said there. I worked for 11 years in a company right out of college and then in 21 years in another company. And I left and took a year off to kind of realign things. Plus, my wife needed some health care. She had some serious issues going on. And starting this podcast was exactly that. I mean, I'm sure a lot of my friends rolled their eyes and went, what are you doing? Are you crazy? But I had a family that was supporting me and saying, you know what, do this. And I remember when I was sitting here trying to think, should I really try to do this? And my wife said, you know what, if you don't, you'll always wonder what if. And do you really want to go through the rest of your life wondering what if? Give it a shot. Give it a time period. Take a chance. Go for it. If it doesn't work out, eh, you learned a few things and had some fun along the way. So, uh, yeah, I think that quote kind of applied to me in that sense as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And you're always going to learn something. Um, even if something doesn't work out maybe the way you envisioned it, you're always going to learn something. You're always going to gain something. So we're not ever really truly losing in life. It's a, it's a forward process. You know, and there's other people too that I admire, I look at that have these lives of constant adventure and challenge and they're always changing things up. And I have to admit, I kind of am a bit envious because I feel like I'm kind of this steady, eddy, conservative guy that sits back and goes, how could I, you know, how could you ever do that? I mean, get on a sailboat and spend two years sailing around the world? What? Are you crazy? But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, I, I kind of wish I had the guts to do that. That is pretty ballsy to go out and do something crazy like that. But you can do it in small increments too, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have so many different outlets in life, you know, so you, you, uh, you can start small. You can totally start small. Yeah. Yeah. Last thing you want to do on your deathbed is go, man, I wish I had. Uh, those are just the bad words you have to think about at the end of your life versus I'm glad I did. Well, let's go back in time and talk about a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were a car guy? You know, I had to be, believe it or not, I had to be about five years old. Before we moved to the house that I grew up in, my family lived in this apartment complex and one of our neighbors 
had, uh, at the time, the car was pretty new. It was probably like a 76 or a 77 Chevy Corvette. And I literally remember being mesmerized by this car. I mean, the lines, the curves, uh, the car was so low and long and just, you know, very sensuous. And, you know, it had these flush door handles. It had this console-mounted uh, transmission shifter as compared to the, you know, column-mounted shifters in my parents' Buick. And, you know, I feel like I used to just stand there and stare at this car. And to be five years old and have something stick with you that deeply, I kind of forgot about it at the time. But now that I think about it, that's pretty profound to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, those were, have always been cutting edge kind of cars. And, you know, each generation uh, just has these evolutionary changes. But I remember that era because I was at the end of my high school career and getting ready for college and the, the 76, 77, 78, those Corvettes. Yeah, they they made some changes. They got low and sleek and cool and really, really cool. And I love the new ones. Every time I see a brand new one now, I have to admit, if I take a second look on is, is that a Ferrari? I mean, they just look so cool. They've really come a long way. Right, right. They've definitely stuffed it up. Definitely. Well, let's take a look at some of these roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a failure. And I'd like you to kind of go in depth here. But the most important part of this has to do with what did it teach you? How did you come out positive on the other end? So take it away. You know, actually, one of the biggest challenges I've faced is actually, uh, it's pretty recent. It's in switching from technology specialist to being a sales consultant. You know, uh, as a technology specialist, you're, it's after the purchase is done and you're just showing people how to utilize what they already have. So that's, that part is really easy. Switching hats to a sales consultant, sometimes the worst thing to do is just overwhelm somebody with everything that you know about the car because you know, maybe it's it's something that's not important to them. So it's really been it's really been a challenge changing hats. But I think for me the key really has been just to listen, listen, and listen. And you want to amplify on um, on what you're hearing back from the person that you're working with. So you know, it's it's been a challenge, but uh, I feel like I'm becoming more successful at it, and I'm I'm excited. Well, it's really interesting you say this because. All the very successful salespeople I've ever known say exactly that. You do more listening than you do talking. And it's kind of contradictory to what you think when you're selling. You're trying to convince somebody that they should make a purchase, especially in a high-end luxury vehicle like a a Lexus. But I I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, for a vehicle like a Lexus, you're up in the upper echelons here. You're, You're dealing with sophisticated buyers, people that know what they want. Consumers these days walk into showrooms knowing so much. Sometimes they know more than the salespeople because they've done so much research. And they've already made most of that decision in most cases. Your job then is just to convince them, I guess, or let them convince themselves that they've made the right decision. And then what model and color would you like, sir or ma'am? Exactly. Right. Just um, reinforcing, reinforcing, uh, you know, sometimes what the person already knows and reinforcing their choice and their decision, helping them realize that they've made the best choice. Exactly. I've had a guest on the show here, Russell Fleury, who is a a teaching coach. He goes to high-end car dealerships and teaches salespeople how to sell to a very different clientele. A lot of his customers are Porsche, Bugatti, Ferrari. I mean, these are very high-end marks. These are dream marks for most people. Not too many people have to buy a Ferrari or a Porsche or even in that case, a high-end Mercedes-Benz, an SL or something. This is a dream for them. And 
He shared with me an interesting story where one of his past graduates uh, had a client that couldn't pick between two specific models of a Ferrari. And he goes, how do I get him to convince which one to choose? And he said, you don't. Tell him to buy them both. (laughs) It's something that this salesperson had never even thought of doing, but realized, you know what? When somebody's in that level, they could afford to buy both. And maybe that's what they should do. And that's what ended up happening. So now, does Lexus, when you deal with a high-end brand like Lexus, do they have some training and things that they put people like you through to help with how you sell? And I sh- the word sell is kind of wrong to use here, isn't it? Yeah, I, I tend to think of it as consulting, you know? Um, yeah. And again, that's where it goes back to listening to people and, and listening to what's important to them and just, again, helping them choose what's right for them. But uh, yeah, luckily, luckily there is. We have a lot of great resources. We have a lot of support. You know, and a lot of it is just understanding the culture of uh, of our of our clients and the culture of of Lexus itself. It's really a very it's a very different thing. So, yeah, we're definitely pretty supportive. I would think so. So, let me ask you this: If there's one question, if somebody like me was going to sell a car to somebody, or somebody had an interest in one of my cars, what's the one best question I could ask that person when we come together? The, the What I'm trying to get to is that if someone's coming to me to buy a car for me, now I realize I'm not selling a Lexus. Let's say I'm selling uh, my Porsche or my BMW. High-end car. This is a car that somebody knows exactly what they want, an M3 or a Turbo. What's one question that I should ask them that might help them understand that they've made the right choice with my vehicle? Mm, um, you know, ask them what's what's really important to them. What's what's mm. what's driving them? What's what's really important? Is it the is it the speed? Is it the style? Is it the yeah, rarity? performance? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a great great thing. I I know I kind of put you on the spot there, but I thought I was thinking to myself because I don't sell too many cars. I tend to keep my cars for a long time, but I have sold cars before, and I do exactly what I'm not supposed to. I tend to talk too much. That's what I do. You, you sometimes you realize as the words are coming out of your mouth, stop talking. The guy's already convinced he wants to buy the car. You might say something wrong here that would blow it for the the whole deal. But yeah, ask them what's important. It probably works in any kind of sales, don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because um, everybody's going to have a trigger and everybody's trigger is a little bit different. Just being attentive to that. There's your tip for the day. All you out there listening who are selling cars. Let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special vehicle, that first car that made you really get excited and fired up and get some emotion going in you and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, my first really memorable car, it was actually a, uh, it was a 1979. It was a Mercedes 300D. So uh, not, not the fastest car uh, on the planet, but totally over-engineered in that very satanic sort of way. Uh, I used to call it the brown bomber. It was this beautiful brown copper brown colored it had that classic tan synthetic mercedes leather interior but a lot of a lot of fun in that car huge sunroof and my friends used to call it the living room because we would just pile everybody in there <laughs> and uh and drive around the motor city yeah yeah you know those cars are magnificent uh i i will be starting uh season two of my cars yeah tv show that appears on mav tv and lucas oil racing and one of the guests that we went and shot at that'll be in season two is J.G. Francis. He was a guest mm-hmm. on my show. He owns a company in Glendale, California called Mercedes Motoring, and he sells Mercedes of that era, the late 60s, the 70s, some early 80s, those just tank-built, marvelous, marvelous cars. They are wonderful. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. They will go on forever. (laughs) Well, yeah. And those straight six motors, I mean, they just, if you take care of them, they just don't quit. They're hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of miles. And the cars were built so well. What JG does is find cars that have been loved and cared for, uh, have lower miles perhaps. And he just does some refreshing and resells them to people. And I've got a good buddy here in the Northwest who's bought several cars from him. And they're just marvelous cars to drive. Not that fast. So if you're into going fast, probably not the best choice, but you feel like a king driving those old, those old beasts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nothing like seeing that, uh, three pointed star, uh, sitting out across the hood. And that's, uh, that's no disrespect to my favorite Lexus brand. So <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Well, we're talking classic cars here. How about sellers remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned to let go that you really wish you had back? Is it that Mercedes? It is that Mercedes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah when I, uh, yeah. when I moved out to Portland, part of the, Part of the reason for moving here was even though I love cars and love driving cars, I um, wanted to have a break from being dependent on the car. Portland has really great public transit. I moved here. A few months later, I um, had my family kind of go ahead and, and uh, part ways with the car. And, and now I really miss it because I think it would have been something really special to have now. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, for those special trips out to the coast or up to the mountains or out to Mount Hood or wherever you might want to go. So, and yeah, they'll just plow through anything. Great, great cars. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll have you send you to uh, Mercedes uh, Motoring's website, and you can look at some of the inventory. I got to spend a day with JG and oh my, and drive some of those cars and look at them and crawl around. They're just, and I love the wagons. He had a couple of wagons in there that were just too cool, just awesome cars. So I'll uh, I'll send you a link to his site. You can get a little uh, salivated while looking at some of those cars. <laughs> Maybe we can get one of those in your garage again. Uh, oh they're my magnificent. Gosh, I love it. All right, Rob, are there any projects you're working on right now that have you really excited and fired up, both uh, with Cooney Lexus of Portland and the Forest Grove Concours? You know, I would say first and foremost is probably our Golden Opportunity Sales event. It's the big Lexus sales event that we do uh, primarily in the summer, but it just really has the staff excited. And uh, I think our Guests coming in looking for cars are also very excited about it. So there's a lot of buzz in the store. Tell me more about what that means. The golden, the golden opportunity or the golden ticket reminds me of uh, Willy Wonka here. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, this is the time of year in the summer where we just have really amazing promotions to help get the cars sold, especially the 19 inventory. We're prepping for 2020s, which haven't quite arrived at the store yet. So there's just really great promotions and incentives going on, low finance rates, incredible rebates from the manufacturer. So it's it's exciting for the salespeople and for the consumers because they know this is the best time of year to buy. Cool. Very cool. Anything else going on there? Uh, that and there's a couple of new cars coming out towards the end of the year. Things are kind of under wrap right now as far as the new models, but lots of exciting things in the air. Uh, 2020 is going to have some really great things in store for us. So we're, we're getting ready ahead of time. So when these products debut after the new year, we're going to be ready to go. Very cool. And tell me a little bit about Cooney Lexus of Portland, your guys' involvement with the Forest Grove Concours. Why get involved with the Concours? Most people think of a Concours as old cars, but I know a lot of manufacturers these days are very heavily involved with Concours events so they can present their products, their cars, new things that are happening to people who are Ripe and ready because they're all car lovers. People go in the car shows. Exactly, exactly. You know, Lexus has worked um, really hard to add a lot of excitement and a lot more passion 
to the cars than what we've been known for before. We are working um, throughout the company to have cars that are going to be that memorable and that significant so that they would be able to uh, be in an event like this as time goes on. So, you know, really just making the cars memorable, making them exciting, passionate, making the cars classic now. So that's a real drive and push. And it's coming from the top down. Now, have you attended the Forest Grove Concord before? I'm excited. This will be my very first year. Oh, so I'm cool. I'm really looking forward to being there in person, meeting people, uh, seeing all of these beautiful cars. Yeah, it's an incredible setting, too, on the campus there. Huge trees, fir trees all over the place. So if it's a warm day, you get a lot of, of uh, shade. So it's actually kind of cool and nice. Beautiful setting. Uh, I like the way they lay out all the cars, where they all go and everything. It's it's just a wonderful uh vibe about this whole thing and it's, it's kind of relaxing and, and laid back a lot of concord events can be a little bit staunchy uh kind of anxiety ridden because everybody with their cars are kind of nervous but i get the sense here that i don't know it just seems to be kind of laid back and relaxed so i look forward to uh seeing you at the event be very very cool and to see some you guys will have some new product there too is that right yeah we will have some new cars there um still kind of making some final determinations of what we're going to have there but it's going to be exciting we'll definitely be highlighting our best. So I expect you're going to see some really cool things there. Fantastic. Well, for those listeners out there, again, you can go to forestgroveconcord.org, check out the website. July 21st, wonderful weekend. If you're going to be in the Portland area, it's worth the effort to get to this event because it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So join Rob and I there. So Rob, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars yeah website at com. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars yeah. Did you know you can now see me 
on the Cars Yeah! TV show. It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah! podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah! TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah! TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Okay, Rob, we're back, and I have a bit of an introspective question for you. I want you to think about this. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a car parked in the garage, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what kind of car would Rob be and why? If I were a car in a garage, I would probably be a, uh, I'd probably be a Jaguar XJ6 from the mid eighties. Oh, okay. Um, and why is that? <laughs> you know, they were, they were a combination of, of at the time, some, you know, technology, but also comfort and a little bit of class and and uh, and elegance, but a little bit of fun. And I, I try to I try to think of myself as that way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if that's a bit of narcissism or not, <laughs> but you know, that's I okay. uh, yeah, I like I like to think of myself as a you know a little bit of old school, but a little bit of fun as well. There you so. go, perfect answer. I like it. Well, we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners a quick blip of that Jaguar throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Actually, right now, there's a couple of things. So one of them, this is going to sound strange, but in sales, whenever you have the, whoever holds the key in their hand owns the car. So yeah, yeah, that's a bit of advice that I've learned. If if you're going to be working with somebody and there's only one of a car, you want to have everything ready for them and have the key in your hand. So whoever holds the key owns the car. And it's also true when you put the key in the hand of your guest, um, it gives them a sense of already owning the car. So, ah, uh, okay, I see that little trick. That's why you're always tossing me the keys. Exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah. You just—it's like that age-old saying, which is kind of a terrible saying. But what do I have to do to put this car in your garage today? And I know a lot of dealerships say, "Hey, take the car home, park it in your garage tonight. Exactly. Take it out, take it out to dinner. See what you think. I mean, once you've done that, you're hooked. I mean, <laughs> the hook's in the mouth, the, the fish is on the boat, and is filleted. Uh, yeah, don't, unless you're ready to buy, don't take that car home because you're probably going to buy it. Uh, although it could be reverse if you bring home that sports car and the wife looks at you like, what mm-hmm. are you doing? You that might be driving it back. Yeah, exactly. Unless you brought, unless you brought it home for her, then yeah. it's a different story. If you're going to go out and buy a new car today, because cars are not cheap, they have become very expensive. What's the best advice you would give to a buyer about selecting a new vehicle today? Um, really just making sure that it, it, it fits their, their life and their needs. And, um, you know, also I like to ask people how long they plan to keep a car because that could be really important. You know, if you, if you turn your cars over a little more quickly, then it, it kind of frees you up. But if you're somebody who drives your cars for a long time, reliability, dependability, cost of ownership, these things are going to be really important to you. So I really ask people to, to look at their patterns and, See if that really fits their life with their new purchase. You know, it's a wise thing. And when I bought, or we bought, my wife and I bought her last car. It was 15 years ago. It was a BMW X5. And they had the the smaller engine and then the bigger V8. And that salesman, I've been working with him forever. He's an awesome guy. 
And he said that. He goes, you know, Mark, you, you, you're starting to keep your cars longer. I would suggest you not get the V8. Get the six. It's much more reliable. And you know what? Best advice he ever gave me because that car has got 140,000 miles on. It's been rock solid. And I know people have had the higher displacement V8 that's given them a couple issues and just a lot more maintenance costs just because of the high performance engine. So that's very good advice. Think about how you're going to use that car over time. How about a personal habit that you believe has contributed to your success over these years? Really being present and engaged with uh, people that you're you're working with. And again, about relationship, really having a personal relationship and being present with the person. Because yeah. a lot of times when people are buying cars, yes, it's the car, but really they're they're choosing who they want to work with. Yeah. No, it it's really true. Yeah. It when you're it's it's like when you're talking to somebody and they're kind of looking over your shoulder and like looking for the next person to talk to at an event, you're like, you know, this person's interested in me. And I've had salespeople like that too. They're trying to negotiate four to five different people at the same time. And you just feel like they're not present with you. They don't really care much about you. And it really turns you off. You might love the car, but it's like, eh, I'm not going to do this today. You just you just lost a sale. So, yeah, it's a tough thing to do when you're busy, for sure. Absolutely. But very, very important. So, Rob, how about some resources? Are there some resources that you'd like to share with our listeners that you really enjoy? You know, there are. So, you know, I find on a daily basis, LexusEnthusiast.com is really a great source for me because it helps me keep relevant for what's going on within the brand. Uh, incredible news, sometimes forecasting to the future about what's going to come down the pipeline. So that's always exciting. Uh, there's a bit of a rumor mill, but even that can be fun just to kind of watch. And then also, uh, MotorOne.com is great for me just to keep up to date with the rest of the industry. You know, being in cars, you're always wondering what other people are doing. There's reviews and uh, lots of features. So. I mean, these are things that I, I venture to on a daily basis. Motor One. So uh, Motor One is a great website. And uh, John Neff, who is the global editor-in-chief at Mobile One, has been a guest here on Cars. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can go back. For you listeners that have missed my talk with him, you can go back and find him on the Cars. Yeah website. Motor One is a, a great site. So I'm glad that you, you brought that up. Awesome. Those sounds like like some great resources. Yeah, they are totally uh, totally part of my daily daily uh, routine. All right, very cool. If I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? You know, I would be really fascinated to meet William Lyons in person. He was uh, uh, one of the original yeah. founders of Jaguar. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to hear his thoughts on on cars. Um, he's had some beautiful. Some beautiful uh, ways of looking at cars. You know, one of his quotes was, uh, the car is the closest thing we will, we will ever create to something that is alive. And I just think mm. that's really incredible. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a great one. Now about a book, you mentioned enjoying the library. Is there a particular book you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, I'm actually reading uh, the book on Steve Jobs by Walter oh. Isaacson. You know, again, these people who are just very ambitious, very original, very creative, and very driven. Hopefully, I will pick up a few cues for him that will help me in my journey going forward. Yeah, that's quite a book. It's a huge book, too. Um, there's a lot to read there, but uh, what a life that Steve Jobs created for himself and uh, the things that his vision and the people around him created that we use every day and take for granted now are absolutely spectacular. So, yeah, I drank the apple juice a long, <laughs> long time ago. 
when uh, when they first came out with the first uh, Mac SEs, uh, working in graphics and the things that it could do, I was just wow. And now you just take all this for granted. I mean, even what we're doing right now, talking through a computer, through Skype, recording an Adobe Audition, using different interfaces, looking things up. I mean, an instantaneous response to stuff. It's just absolutely incredible. So, uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Steve Jobs and his vision and what he did. I'll remind our listeners. You can find all these links on Rob Waller's show notes page on the Cars yeah! website. Just go to CarsYow.com, yeah! type in Rob Waller, W-A-L-L-E-R. All right, Rob, we're up to the checkered flag here. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car. Any collector car that exists in the world, I'm going to park it in your garage. But there's a few rules that might make it a challenge. One is it's the only one collector car you can have. You have to drive it. No garage queens or museum pieces allowed here. Even if you pick a museum piece, you're going to have to drive it. So be careful what you choose. And you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. So that little trick's off the table if you're a financially minded person. So what can I buy you today? Mm, Can I have a Toyota 2000 GT, please? Oh, my goodness. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, you can. Uh, Interesting car that you chose there because you just don't see many of these around. Tell our, our listeners here what you know, what you like about the Toyota 2000 GT. Uh, well, you know, just that it was the Japanese response to the Jaguar E-Type at the time. And I just, I, I love seeing that the inspiration was from the E-Type, but still you see some of the, the Japanese style and the Japanese cultural references expressed throughout the car. So I think it's this really incredible fusion you know, of that type of car that the the Jaguar E-Type made so popular at the time. Yeah, it has very Jaguar-esque look to it when you when you really take a look at it, and especially the way it's shot sometimes from a, a three-quarter view. Uh, that car was, was manufactured in the late 60s, I think up to 1970, and uh, uh, I never pronounced his name right, but Yuro Kawano. Kawano? It was the designer mm-hmm. of that car? Yeah. If I'm saying that, yeah, if I'm saying that right. Uh, Wonderful little car with a two-liter engine, uh, which is pretty darn cool. It had fairly decent out- horsepower. I think it was, I don't know, 150 horsepower or something like that. But very, very cool. Five-speed transmission, which was uh, kind of advanced for the time, I guess, when you think about it. Most cars are four speeds. But uh beautiful little car, but you just don't see very many of those cars around. Rarely at car shows, they're starting to show up a little more now with this uh surge of Japanese collector cars starting to show up on on uh on lawns and things like that but uh yeah i think they're magnificent have you ever had a chance to drive one or sit in one or go for a ride in one not yet not yet yeah. but uh yeah def- definitely eager to yeah i haven't either but uh i think they're pretty cool i love the way the lights flip over uh which is kind of unique and different and uh that rear hatch is very jaguar coupe-esque if i'm saying that right exactly. <laughs> from the way the back the back works nice what color would you like yours to be there's a uh, a very classic kind of it's almost a vanilla cream white for those cars, and I just think it really yeah. shows off the lines a lot. Yeah, beautiful cars. Rob, I will get to work on that for you. You've taken me on a great ride today. I've enjoyed your stories. You could park that car on the lawn at the Forest Grove Concours, by the way. I think they'd be very happy to see that parked there. So maybe I can get that to you before the 21st so you can take it to the Concours. I think that would be pretty good. Our mutual friend, uh, Alan Stevens, who's uh, integral part of that who's been a guest here on the show would smile no doubt if you showed up with that car i want to thank you for sharing your journey and is there a parting piece of wisdom or guidance you could offer us before you 
Drive off to, let's say, Mount Hood in your very own Toyota 2000 GT. I would say just always be willing to reinvent yourself in life and follow your passion, follow your dreams. But uh, life is just a process of constant reinvention. And that's what makes life fun. And that's what keeps us fresh. So uh, go forward. Yeah, absolutely. And what's the best way for people to learn more about your dealership, Cooney Lexus of Portland? Absolutely. Yes, you can find us at CooneyLexusOfPortland.com. It's all one word all together and uh, a great view of our inventory. You can find out more about our staff and our service department, but it's uh, it's a wonderful place. And I'm very, very proud to be there. Very cool. Very cool. And I hope that any listener who's going to be in the Portland area around July 21st goes to the 47th Annual Forest Grove Concord. It's a fantastic event. I've been many years in a row here. I'm going to do everything I can to try to get down there on the 21st. Uh, this new schedule of mine with the Cars Yeah TV show has got me kind of flying around the country a little bit here, but I'm going to make every effort to get there. If you want to learn more about the Forest Grove Concord, just go to forestgroveconcord.org. Thank you, Rob, for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. It's been great. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.